The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in my next guest. This former Bearcat great played for the Bearcats from 2002 to 2006 under Bob Huggins and his last season with Andy Kennedy. He told me he was flying to town, he's gonna to be here in Cincinnati for a few days, so we had to sit down and get a face-to-face interview so we can talk about his journey in basketball. I'd like to welcome in my guy, number 33, Armin Kirkland. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Good. So, when you got out of the car, I was expecting the big fro, Armin, yeah but we got the braids yeah yeah. so can you explain why we don't have the, i was i was all ready for the fro i know man the fro the fro has been like a it's took on a life of its own <laughs> you bet. know i mean every time i and i've never had long hair until COVID, and i just started growing it out but i anywhere i go i mean there's guys that are like man i love your fro women i love the fro i love your hair old people you know, doing this to me, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, they love it, man. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm headed to Vegas tomorrow, so I was like, I'm going to braid it up for Vegas, so. Oh, you got, yeah, yeah you got to be I, ready for Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring it back next time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, a friend of mine saw you in Texas at the, uh, at the bowl game. Okay, yeah. And he noticed you right away because of the fro. Yeah, and yeah. He, I think you took a picture with him. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure he took a picture with him, and he yeah. sent it to me. And he oh, was okay. like, well, I saw Armin walking from a mile away <laughs> with, the, with the fro. So you grew it during the uh, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah How yeah. long did you grow it out? Uh, I bet, Well, I grew it for about nine months, ten months, and I cut it because I was like, ah, and then I regrew it. So it's been two years of the pandemic, so I've had two fro's. Okay, so this is the second generation yeah, fro. Yeah, this is, this is 2.0. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. So... Tell everyone where you're living now and what you're doing. Okay, right now I'm currently in uh, DeSoto, Texas, which is basically suburbs of Dallas, um, and I'm coaching high school is that, ball. Is that south, the yeah. southern part yeah, of Dallas? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, kind of close to Duncanville, which you may have heard of. Duncanville is one of the top schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, and they're actually in our district. But I coach at Cedar Hill High School, which is 10 minutes from where I live. Um, and, yeah, this is my fifth year at that school, uh, so I'm – coaching and, and PE teaching at Cedar Hill High School and then uh, I'm still running A-game athletes my AAU program so still doing that 13 years in man yeah I know I know let's, know. let's talk a little bit about that so what made you want to start an AAU basketball program it's crazy because um, my old AAU coach who I've I never talked to like after I graduated from high school like he wasn't one of those coaches that was always calling me and you know even when I was at I was at UC he never called and Mm -hmm. he didn't want anything he was just you know he moved on to the next kids that he was coaching but I was playing overseas and then when I stopped playing overseas because of you know injuries and stuff he just uh, hit me up on Facebook out the blue Mm -hmm. you know and this was like literally probably two months after I stopped playing I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and uh, I was like yeah I want to get into college coaching and uh, you know, this and that. And he was like, well, why don't you start an AAU program? I could help you, you know, kind of show you, you know, how to do it or whatever. And, um, you know, that way you could get your foot in the door as far as coaching, see how you like it Absolutely. and just kind of get a feel and see what you want to do with it. And so, you know, when he hit me up, he put the idea in my head and then I was like, okay, cool. And then obviously, 
you know, you were instrumental in helping me because, oh, yeah. Thank you. you know, um, I didn't know really any kids here. And so, you know, shout out to Shining Stars. They, you know, you had your tryouts. I remember they were up here actually yeah. you know, at, at Seven Hills. And, you know, the kids that weren't good enough to be on Shining Stars team, I was like, I'll take them. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, you, you gave me a bunch of kids. And, you know, we started our first team here. And, you know, 13 years later, I mean, people, they love what we do. Um, and so we're, we're still doing it, man. That's crazy because one of the things that we struggled with as an AU program uh -huh. was when we had our tryouts and let's say we had three teams so we were keeping a total of 30 kids yeah. and we had let's say 60 show up to tryouts there's 30 more kids that we were just going to have to let go yeah and people would ask us where do we go yeah and I wouldn't have an answer so it made it easier when we had to let kids go to say you know what here's a great program and a great guy yeah. to contact. And yeah. that was you. So it made for a great, I think, transition. Yeah, definitely. And we were doing it. And you were coming to our tryouts. So you actually yeah. would see the kids. Yeah, no, nah, it was perfect, man. And uh, it got it got us rolling. And, you know, you did that for a couple of years until I just took the program down to Texas uh, for good once I moved back home. But, yeah, still, still doing it, man. And, you know, obviously Texas is a bigger market. Um, so it's – it's a little easier to get, you know, kids playing and stuff. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I love doing it, man. It's fun. Now, how many teams do you have now? This year, we'll probably have 13 teams. Okay, that's we good. Usually, we usually average between 12 to 15 teams. You know, I don't have enough coaches really to get bigger, and I don't know if I even want to because that's it's, yeah. it's just more, more headache. And then you got to have good coaches, you know. Very true. Yeah. Do you find – so let me ask you this. Do you find that – do you build your teams – based on coaches so for example do you have a guy reach out to you and say I want a coach and you meet with them and you're like okay you're a great coach so now we can form another team because some AU programs will say oh we've just recruited two great players now let's go out and find a coach yeah how do you how do you do you do it different ways um yeah I probably I probably try to get the coaches if we need more coaches, then I'll try to find more coaches. But you know what the crazy thing about it is? Um, and just since, since I've been here, I got here Friday, and I didn't know how many teams we were going to have. At first, with the tryouts, I thought we were looking at 10. And then after I did the numbers and everything this, this weekend, I was like, okay, we're going to have 12 teams. And I only have, like, nine coaches. But since I've been here, and it seems like it always works out this way, um, a former player of mine, she mm. played at Iowa State. Mm -hmm. So she's one of the few that we had go D1. She just reached out and said, hey, you know, I'm done playing college ball. I just work from home now. She's in corporate. She wants to coach. Yeah. Perfect. So I got an, one coach there. And then the guy that does our printing uh, for our uniforms and mm -hmm. stuff, he just texted me out the blue yesterday also and was like, hey, my son-in-law just graduated from college two years ago. He played college ball, I think, at a D2 school. Mm -hmm. And he's home. He lives with us now, me and his wife or, and the kid's mom. He wants to get into coaching. And I was like, well, I got a sixth-grade team for him. You know what I'm saying? So it just works out like that sometimes. Like, it's really like just God sent, really. Just things sure. just happen, sure. you know. And you're stressing prior to, though. Stress. You already know. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm already thinking, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, how, how am I going to get away with coaching three, four teams myself? For sure. Because at, at this point, it's too late to tell those kids, yep. uh, you didn't make the team. We don't have a team for you. You when can't I, do when, that. When I've already told them you can't they're on do the that. team, they've already put a deposit in. No question. So, you yeah, like you it. said, I'm you definitely stressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, just like that, it happens. So, now I'm like, 
on easy street a little bit, you know, right. knock on wood. Well, I, I believe if you're doing the right thing and you're all about helping the kids, which you know, you've done it for 13 years, so yeah. you're about the right thing. I think good things happen. Yeah. Right. You feel like this person just called me. This person just texted me. They want to, but you're stressing. But I think if you do good things, man, just, just good things seem to happen. It does. And it, it does, man. And even with, with the players, there'll be a kid that, you know, or a kid or two whose parent, you know, how it is, is upset after a tournament. Their kid didn't get to play that much and they're just mad. And, mm -hmm. it's, and I'm just like, look, you know, I'm trying to help your kid, but we can't just give it to them. Sure. They got to earn it. And they'll, oh, we're going somewhere else and they'll leave. Like we talked about earlier, yeah. this is, if I'm not happy, I just leave mentality. And, uh, you know, that same week, it'll be two kids calling, same age. Hey, do you have any room? And I'm yep. like, yeah, we just had two kids leave. So, I mean, and that's how it works out too. Those spots are filled in a week. And it's, it always happens like that. Yep. It's like, so that way we're not shorthanded, you sure. know, playing with seven kids or something like that. Like the spots are filled. So. Uh, like you said, but I, I firmly believe that, man. I've, I've been doing it for 13 years, and we've always done it for the right reasons. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to get nothing out of the kids, just trying to help them reach whatever ceiling they're at. Yeah. You know, if it's uh, maybe going to a D2 school one day or if it's just making their varsity team. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the ceiling is, we're trying to help them get there. And, and see, that mentality right there is, I think, why you've been successful in AU, because some people don't approach AU like that. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing the others. Some look at it like I've got to have the best team in America I've got to have the best team in this region we've got to go win this tournament and this kid's got to go pro yeah and there's a space for that yeah but there are more kids I think in the boat of what you're talking about way more and what we do there's way more kids like I that. tell people all the time there's only a hundred top 100 kids <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's like come on I mean how are you gonna go after those kids there's, right there's only a hundred of them yeah you know so I don't even you know waste my time especially with in today's you know, day and age with, you know, all these teams and everybody's taking each other's kids and stuff. And then plus I said, if, if I'm going to recruit, if I'm going to actively recruit, I'll just go to college. Mm -hmm. You sure. know, I'm not going to recruit to have a good AAU team. Right. You know, if I'm going to actively recruit and call kids like I'm a college recruiter, I'm going to go to college. Yep. Um, so, you know, I just, like you said, just get the kids that want to be part of our program. Yep. So tell us about your family. Okay. Uh, well, you know, my brother is just three of us literally uh you know my dad wasn't around growing up so it was just me my mom my older brother um and he was at uc when you were at uc right yeah yeah so um we were three years apart but four years in grade because he skipped a grade so in high school he went from sophomore to senior um whoa yeah yeah so i mean back then they kind of did that if you're advanced or whatever okay. now they they don't really want so you to. So he's smart. Yeah, he's, he's smart. smart. Yeah, okay. yeah. So See, they were trying to move me down, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to hold you back. <laughs> they're trying to hold me back. Yeah. They're going to move you down about three grades. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so he, um, when I graduated high school and signed with Cincinnati, he was graduating um, from Texas A&M uh, in College Station. And then, so he had to take the MCAT, and then he got accepted into uh, UC Medical School. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, while I was here, you know, hooping. He was at the UC Medical School doing his thing. And, um, you know, my mom, she's a nurse in Tyler. So she still lives in Tyler, Texas. Uh, still nurses, you know, still uh, is active. I think she works maybe two or three days a week. Uh, my brother, um, he has a practice in Allen, Texas, which okay. is kind of north. Uh, he's married. His wife's a lawyer. So they're like the Huxtables. Okay. You know, yeah, he's a doctor. <laughs> she's a lawyer. 
they got two kids and you know he's doing good man you know like i said he was fortunate enough to be here pretty much came to all the home games yeah got, remember, got yeah. to see his brother play and uh so it was good good having him here yeah sure what about your your kids i have three so my son lives here um and then i have two girls he's seven seven okay yeah yeah he lives here he goes to fairview yeah okay. uh, the german school yep. over there kind of in clifton area uh so he's doing good you know i, I don't know how passionate he is about basketball just yet but we'll see mm -hmm. um and then i have an eight-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old daughter okay so the 17-year-old is the one i had when i was at uc okay my sophomore year and she's a senior this year which is crazy she's graduating from high school what school high school she graduated nope. from high, which, oh, which high school um lake ridge okay yeah in mansfield okay yeah so she's graduating and uh, so we're looking at colleges right now she's got accepted to a, a couple good schools uh, lsu ou Texas Tech, but oh, wow. yeah, we'll just see, you know. Okay. Uh, she doesn't hoop or anything. She's just, you know, be a regular student. Um, and then my eight-year-old daughter, I think she might be the, the hooper, the okay. athlete, you know. So we'll see. But yeah, I got those three, man. So my, my girls are down there with me in Dallas area, and then my son's up here. So I try to make it up here at least three times a year. Then he comes down there probably two or three times a year. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Does he know about your hooping days? He knows a little bit. Figuring it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. figuring out a little bit. You know, I try to, when we're up here, take him to the school so he can see things. But, yeah, he's, uh, you know, it's way before his time. So, yeah. Yeah, yep, I get that. Tell us the origin of your name, Armin. Um, Armin, well, my mom's Persian. So from my, my mom's from Iran. And uh, Armin was a Persian king in Iran. So she basically named me after the king. Oh, that's, that's, Old school, yeah. That's cool. I don't think I've ever met anybody else or I know anyone else with that name. Do you? Well, a couple of Persians, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not as common as like Mike, you mm -hmm. know, for Americans, but it's uh, more of a it's common a common name. Though. More of a common name, okay. yeah, for Persians, yeah. Okay, got it. Um, so I want to start this off, and we're going to work towards your, you know, your journey and start with high school and stuff, but. You wore number 33 at UC, and I ask all the players this because some have a story, some don't. Why did you pick number 33? Um, it, it had a little to do with Pippen, you know, because <clears throat> okay. I felt like, you know, my game was kind of modeled after him a little bit. You know, my style of play, just kind of big guard, does it all. Um, so, and then, you know, everybody liked 23, that's Jordan, but oh, that's, course. you know, but that's just, I yep. couldn't be 23, but yeah, I like I like Pippen, so it had a lot to do with just liking Pippen and feeling like I was kind of similar to his game. Sure. Did you wear that in high school, or was that just? I wore 23 and 33 in high school. Yeah, I think okay. I wore 23 my junior year and then 33 my senior year. I figured it had to be either Pippen. Yeah. You got Bird, Grant Hill. Yeah. Yeah. You, I know it probably wasn't Kareem. Kareem was 33, <laughs> right? Yeah, Kareem was 33. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I was Pippen, man. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If, if I could have had one, I would have picked one, but I don't know. Somebody took it or whatever. That's crazy. So you wanted to wear one. Yeah. That's crazy. So Dermar wanted mm. – it was Dermar wanted one, you wanted one, I wanted one. Okay. When I was there. So Dermar and I were talking about this. They wouldn't let me have one. Yeah, yeah. Would they not let you have one? I don't even or? remember what, what the situation was, but um, I can't remember. 
I can't remember if, if they said I couldn't have it or what, but yeah. Yeah, they, I can't remember. I think they fed me some. They, you know, being a walk-on, you know, I'm like low on the totem pole. But I was told that Oscar Robertson were number one in practice, so all of his numbers were like off, off limits. limits. <laughs> I was like in practice. Like, <laughs> yeah, his practice jersey. He wore <laughs> yeah. he wore it one time, so it's off limits. <laughs> like what? That's, yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm a walk. I'm low man on the totem pole, so yeah. I'm a, I was like, whatever. I, well, my my. Um, my favorite, one of my, I talked to you earlier about, you know, you, you take parts of people's game and apply it to yours. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Rice uh, from Michigan was definitely somebody I love to watch and yeah. pattern my shot. He wore 41. Oh, okay. So that's why. You were 41? I was 41 at UC. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I which didn't know a, that. Which is an odd number. Was Passwall 51 or something like that? He was or That might have been Eric Murray. <laughs> It might have been Eric Murray. I know one of the, one of the yeah, walk-ons Pat, was like a Pat crazy was a number. high number. Yeah, he's yeah. like 50, yeah, 55 or something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He had that – remember he had that, that yeah. mohawk? He had like yeah. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, we're going to go through your journey in uh, hoops. Um, but first, I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsor. And this segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably, and you won't lose any credit or have to start over. By the way, shout out to College of Arts and Sciences because they have signed on to be a sponsor for our next season. So huge shout out to them, uh, Lisa Holstrom. So big shout out. So let's jump back. You were born in Tyler, Texas. I was born in San Jose, California. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved to Tyler when I was like a year old, though. Okay. Yeah, raised in Tyler, Texas. So is, is Tyler like east part of Texas? Yeah, east Texas, yeah. Okay. What's it like? A small country? Small, yeah. Back then, probably 85,000 people in the city, you know, surrounded by other small towns. So, you know, definitely a football country, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had really good football teams back then winning state even out of in 5a was the biggest district back then and we had teams from tyler winning state so they're beating houston schools dallas schools so it's big football uh area and uh not so much basketball but you know i, I kind of helped put us on the map a little bit with basketball and the high school you went to i graduated from tyler lee which is now Tyler Legacy. They okay. changed the name. It was Robert E. Lee, so they changed the name. Uh, so it's Tyler Legacy now. Because of Robert E. Lee? Yeah. They changed it? Yeah. Yeah. I figured. Yeah. And then the other school, I went to two schools. The first one was John Tyler um, the first two years, and then junior, senior year, I went to Lee. Uh, and John Tyler is now called Tyler High. So they changed both the school's names. Yeah. So what type of player were you in high school? Let's talk about that. Well, actually, let, let's talk about your evolution. I'm actually interested in this from – Freshman year to senior year? Man, freshman year um, was my second year playing organized basketball. So, really? Yeah, I played eighth grade, um, and then I played ninth grade. So you always, I, were you always tall? Yeah, tall I was always now? tall, okay. yeah. And I, I played football and baseball third grade on up. And that didn't even play basketball in third grade. It was football and, you know, Pop Warner football, Little League baseball. And then um, I played – I didn't even play seventh grade basketball. I played on seventh grade football team. I don't even know why I didn't play basketball. I just didn't go to tryouts or something. But uh, then I played eighth grade, and um, that was my first year then. So freshman year I was on varsity at, uh, at John Tyler. We had a really good team. Uh, Matt Collier went to UTA. He was a senior. Uh, Rakeem Hollis went to Texas Southern. He was a senior. We had two guys go to NAIA. 
we had a junior go to the Citadel. So we had like, you know, four or five guys that, and we had another guy, I think he went to Middle Tennessee after he went Juco. So like almost everybody on the team was like a scholarship player. Mm. Like we had a lot of talent. And so I was like sixth, seventh man my freshman year. We, you know, went undefeated in district, but I think we ended up losing in the third round of playoffs. Um, and then, so I was just getting my feet wet. You know, the guys were a lot stronger. I was obviously talented, but I just hadn't played a lot of basketball. Even at that point, it was just my second year. So I was still figuring out how to really play basketball. I could dribble, I was athletic, but I just didn't know really the ins and outs of basketball just yet. And then, so after my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, I remember, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, all those seniors are gone. I'll be starting or whatever. Um, but I guess my name got out there somehow. I never even played AAU at this point, you know. Uh, and after my going to my sophomore year, I remember my head coach calling me in his office. He was What's like, his name? Shout him out. Uh, coach Love. Rest in peace, Coach Love. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he called me in his office. He was like, you know who the number five player in the state is? I was like, no, nah, I don't even know who the number one player is. I don't look mm-hmm. at that stuff. And he was like, you are on Texas, on Rivals, TexasHoops.com. And I was like, for real? And he showed it to me. And I was like, dang. And then after that, like, that was the beginning of my sophomore year. Then my sophomore year, I started getting letters and things like that. But, you know, I, you know, I was just playing just to play. I, like, I didn't grow up in a household where my dad or mom was pushing me into sports. It was just like, I always thought I was going to be a doctor or something until I realized how good I really was, which I didn't know until I got to high school how good I really was. Um, so it wasn't like I was – you know, some prodigy at a young age where everybody was trying to get me. You know, I was good, but it was just – I was just playing for fun, really. But um, Now, when he showed you that, you were no, number five, did that – was that something that motivated you? Like, did you look at that and go, man, I, I really got to go after this now? Or were you just like, uh, I don't even know what that means? Yeah, I was more so like, I don't know what that means, you yeah. know. Uh, I didn't look at it like, oh, I want to be number one. I want to beat these guys. I was just like, I'm just hooping, you know, having fun. Like, because <laughs> right. I didn't – I you didn't hadn't think, been playing that long. I hadn't been playing that long. And like I said, I wasn't raised to think that basketball was my life, you know, where I'm, like, going to be stressing about it. I was like, okay, cool, you know. Um, like, I didn't know, like, the other guys on that was before me, I didn't know who they were or anything like that. But it was, it was just cool to just be ranked and then getting letters. I'm like, wow, so I guess I'll do this for real, you know. And uh, so sophomore year, I had a decent season. Uh, me and the head coach, you know, Coach Love, we didn't see eye to eye sometimes. And I was actually at John Tyler because I was in the IB program, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's called the International Baccalaureate Program. You have to get tested in and things of that nature. So it's like uh, it's above like AP, you know. So, so you're smart. You're smart. Yeah, you're I, I was, yeah, a little bit. So because um, the school wasn't in my district. Okay. So in order for me to go there, the only way I could go there is if I was in that program because only like 15 schools in the state had the IB program. So, and I wanted to go to John Tyler. They had a better team. I was like, I want to go there. And so anyway, um, so after my sophomore year, I decided to go back to my home school, Lee. And I always lived in Lee District. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, I'm just going to the school. I was like, oh, the IB program's too tough. I did it for two years. And so uh, they kind of fought it, didn't want me to leave. But, you know, the superintendent signed off and said, well, he actually lives here the whole time. So he could go to, he could transfer without, having, without penalty. So I went to Lee. Um, my junior year, and that summer, sophomore to junior year, was the first year I played AAU. Who'd you play for? Uh, I played for Team Texas. Okay. Yeah, they were, so they were Nike sponsored team. Max yep. Hill was on the team. Okay. Uh, Keith Langford. Okay, yeah. Which went to Kansas. Yep. Bracy Wright, which went who went to Indiana. Keith Lang. 
Keith always wanted to be a Bearcat. Have you ever heard that? Uh, I can't remember. He because, probably did. I mean, him and Max played. They they graduated together. They were a year older than me, so uh, he should have came. He loved Jordans. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody he, did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read a quote that said he wanted to be a Bearcat. But anyway, I'm sorry. That, yeah, yeah. I wish he would have came. but um, He was tough. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we had a solid team, you know. And then I got better that summer because now I'm actually playing against other people besides the people in Tyler and the people in my district. Mm-hmm. And so I got way better, you know, going in my junior year, like more, more confident, realizing like now I started realizing how good I am, you know, because I'm like now I'm seeing everybody around the country and I'm like better than them. You and know? now you understand that top five ranking yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And then I, then I, and then from there, you know, I get ranked in the nation and things like that. But, um, and so, yeah, my junior year was solid. You know, I played point, um, at Lee and, uh, you know, I had a great junior year, um, uh, junior year going to senior year, same thing. Went to ABCD camp. LeBron was there. T-Mac was there. Kobe was there. Uh, speaking, keep, uh, T-Mac and Kobe were speaking, you know, obviously they're in the league already, so, and LeBron was a year younger than me, which I didn't know he was at the time. Isn't that, isn't that crazy how back then, I mean, we didn't have access to information yeah. like kids do now. Yeah. Like, you'd go to a camp and you do, I was at a camp where Kobe was. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. I'm like, dude looks like Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy to believe it is. And like uh, Lenny Cook was there. I don't yeah. know, you remember oh, Lenny Cook? I do. I, I, have you ever seen a documentary on Lenny I Cook? Have, yeah. I have. I have. And uh, some of the film was from when we were at camp. So that was that was LeBron when he had the braids. Yeah. At the camp. Yeah. yeah. When he was there. Yeah. yeah. With Lenny, they're going at it or whatever. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I was there. And um, and even uh, Sonny Vaccaro, they had. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw that a documentary on mm-hmm. Sonny Vaccaro yep. talking about the shoes mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. They showed uh, when Kobe was talking to us in that um, in that uh, documentary. They showed when Kobe was in the at ABCD camp talking to us, and I'm there. I'm sitting ABC. beside Chris Bosh and uh, Sebastian Telfair, and you know it, it was cool. Wow. But um, but yeah, I remember that. But yeah, there was cameras falling around Lenny Cook, and I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why are there cameras following him? But if it was t- in today's day and age, I would have already known because social media is so big. But yep. back then, there was no. You know, Instagram, Facebook, right. you know, all that stuff. So I was like, you know. And uh, that crazy. There, there are sixth graders now. Getting ranked. In, that are so popular on yeah. social media. Yeah. And you didn't know who Lenny Cook was. Yeah. And he was the number this, one player in the country. And that, that's. Yeah. But, yeah. but I wasn't that involved. Like I said, I, didn't, I wasn't raised. In but a I was basket. the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I tell people all the time, like, I really didn't know. I didn't know what the NCAA tournament was till like, my junior year in high school. Now, wow. Yeah, that's how far removed I was from, like, college basketball. Like, I just played. Like, literally, I was just playing because I love basketball. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't thinking, like, I got to do this because I wanted to go to the NBA, but I wasn't thinking about college. I was like, man, it'd be fun to play in the NBA, but I wasn't, like – it wasn't my life, to say the least, you know. And so uh, when I did, I was like, okay, I've always heard about the NCAA, but what is that? Like, how do you get in? What is – you know, I I thought everybody got in, you know, but (laughs) – but once I had to start making a decision, you know what I'm saying, of going to school, that's when I really started paying attention to schools. Who's going into the tournament. Yeah, who's going into the tournament, who's good, you know, rankings, things like that. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, you know, I had a good senior year. Coach Kennedy recruited me. So yeah. uh, he saw me at ABCD camp, and I left there like the number seven guard at camp. Um, I had a real good camp. And then my recruiting just got a little bit bigger. And, you know, I like Coach Kennedy. I took a couple other visits, um, but 
the one thing that honestly sold me on Cincinnati was Jordan. You know, I was telling Coach West this the other day when we ate at a dinner before the SMU game. He was like, what, what made you pick Cincinnati? And I was like, honestly, it was the Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Jordan brand. Because for me, it was like, I'm going to go play anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Like, I didn't know yeah. the conferences. Like, I didn't know what the difference was in conferences. Right. You know what I'm saying? I thought all everybody's playing everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't. You really didn't know. Yeah, I didn't. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know all the other teams in the conference that we were playing in. Like, I didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. want to go hoop. You know, I'll get my college degree and – I was like, well, I'll be all right, whatever I do, you know, basketball or not. But uh, those uniforms, but those uniforms, bro, like, and then, yeah, it was like, it was like Carolina or Cincinnati. It was like, it's got to be Jordan, though. Yeah. Because I want to be cool. For sure. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) For sure. And I didn't grow up wearing Jordans, like getting them. My mom wanted to buy them for me. So I was like, I get them for free. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Did, Did. When you were watching and you started watching the Bearcats, were you watching like Kenyon Martin? Was he a guy that? Nah, I didn't watch till Steve Logan, the year okay. before I came. Okay. And they, uh, I think they lost to UCLA in the second round. Yep. And I was sick because I was like, man, I'm going to that school. I want them to win. But before that, I didn't watch. Yeah, wow. I, was, I wasn't watching. I watched the NBA. I watched Jordan. That was pretty much it, you know. This is, this is crazy. I did, I did not know. I've not met anybody that's at your level that just didn't have an understanding of the landscape yeah. of college basketball. But you got you got to think like I didn't play I didn't start playing basketball too real yeah. late. Yeah. And then so and then I'm in East Texas. Football country. Oh. And my mom's Persian. She's not she didn't grow up culturally where kids are going to college for sports and stuff like that. She's just like be a doctor or a lawyer. And so it wasn't like ingrained in me. And I just wasn't interested in college basketball. There's not yeah. a college in, you know, a university in my town. Yeah. So it was just like I played football, and I was like I skipped college and thought about pros. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you speak multiple languages? I speak Farsi a little bit. Okay. Not fluent, but, yeah, a little bit. I can Enough understand. Enough to understand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So did you always – so did you always play guard? Because you know how some coaches are. The tallest kid has to play the post. Yeah. Did you have a coach that says, no, 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 he's a point guard? Yeah, I always played guard. Okay. Yeah, at uh, John Tyler, I played the wing. So I played like the 2 3. And then at Lee, I played point. Yeah, because at John Tyler, we had a good point guard my freshman year. And, and sophomore year, we had a pretty good point guard. Um, and so, yeah, I always played guard. I was always the tallest on my team, but I was obviously talented and had the skills to play guard. And then uh, at Lee, I played point guard. So, okay, then I need to ask this question of if you didn't play, growing up until later on how do you how do you have this skill that's a good question and honestly i worked on my game you know what i'm saying just to be good playing in the park just to be good when we'd go to the rec center my mom would drop us off at the rec center Mm -hmm. and go and i'd be up there playing all day you know in the summer times or just you know watching like you said Allen Iverson videos yeah. and those commercials yeah. I would go in a garage even though I wasn't on a team I was working on my game like I remember Jordan when he went for 60 mm-hmm. and he's going between his legs on yeah. bird and he yeah. shoots a jump shot like I would go in the garage and be like close my eyes and go between my legs 100 times without messing up I wouldn't stop so I could do it 100 times go yeah. behind my back 100 times walk up and down the street dribbling between my legs and I just had a natural coordination and if I just wanted to be good, like I would go play with older guys. I see them go behind their back, finish with their left or right hand. I would go do that. I'd be outside by myself, just mm-hmm. working on my left or dribbling the ball, just because I wanted to be good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, for no other reason than that. And I tell people all the time, like, 
at that time I was doing it just because I wanted to be good. I didn't realize I was training myself. Yeah. You know, I wasn't yeah, thinking about right, it like right. I got to get better. I was just thinking like I want to be able to do what I see other people doing. Sure. I want to be able to do what. Why can't I do what Iverson does? Right. You know, so I yep. would go work on it, and yep. it just I just got good at. It. I was blessed enough to, you know, to have the coordination to be able to do those things. Yeah, you're imitating what you see. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Isn't it fascinating though? You you get and you're in the AU world like me, and you get so many people that parents that are so caught up in my son has to do this this and this and this to be great and you turn out to be a great high school basketball player really not knowing what you're doing yeah for a large part of it would you agree with that like you're definitely, just out definitely. there just imitating and never had and a work. trainer never had no skills trainer never in high school had no skills trainer nothing like that I would just go out and I was like I'm not good with my left hand let me just go work on my work left on hand so I get yeah. good at it so I w- if I would have had what some of these kids have, you know, <laughs> right. I, I probably came out of high school, went straight to the league, you yeah. know, if I would have been playing since second, third grade or whatever, um, honestly, but, you know, I didn't, but, you know, that's here or there. But like you said, a lot, of, a lot of parents, unfortunately, they don't understand that their kids have limits as well. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, when Kyrie Irving, for example, when he was in ninth grade, whatever he does in an hour – it may you may not be able to get it with 10 hours of work mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like if you show him a new drill or whatever the case may be because of he's so because he's so coordinated he could pick it up in an hour yeah. which somebody else you could put in way more work than him yeah. but yeah. you'll never be able to get it cuz it doesn't work like that yeah. you know everybody's not capable of, no matter how hard you work yeah. and and it sucks t- to say that and I hate That's, when, you know, guys like Kevin Durant, they'll go speak to a bunch of kids and, yeah, you could, you see I came from nowhere, you could do what I do. It's like, no, they can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how hard they work. Be special. Yeah, it's like no, you can't teach that, you yeah. know. It's just yeah. everybody's not capable of being – I mean, first of all, genetically, you got to have that lottery ticket, yep. you know, being 6'11 or whatever, and then just that coordination, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I give an example of Shaq a lot too, like – don't you think Shaq had the best free throw coaches ever? Mm-hmm. Don't you think he probably shot more free throws than Steph Curry? Yeah. But why can't he still not make them? Right. Because he doesn't have that natural coordination. But does he work on it? Yes, he does. But that's just a proven example of no matter what you have, even you got the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not capable of doing these things because yep. it's just a natural sure. coordination that's either you have it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so luckily, like I had it when it comes to dribbling and stuff. And, uh, and especially now I'm working with kids, I see it. Yeah. It's like, man, they just don't have it. They don't, they don't understand how to move with their feet and body and all that stuff. Like, um, and it is what it is. But, you know, parents need to understand that and just let the kids just, you know, whatever their ceiling is, just let them do that, you know, be, and be okay with it. Yeah. And, and you have and you've always had the height. Are you the tallest one in your family? Yeah, yeah. My Because I remember your six, brother was, was – Yeah, he's about 6'5", six, 6'4", six, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't practice on his game, so yeah, you know, he played video games. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I think part of it too, or I mean, I was talking to a parent the other day, mm-hmm. and this parent wants his son to play college basketball so bad. Yeah, the parent wants it. Now, to the parent's credit, he wants it because he knows his son wants it. Okay. So he wants it as much, as, right? Yeah. So. The dad calls me, and the dad's like, did, did, did he send you this? Did he send you that? Is he doing this? And I said to him, I said, stop. I said, listen, your son has texted me every day for the last two weeks. He wants it. I yeah. was like, let him, if he wants it bad enough, he'll go get it. 
Yeah. And he'll go get it done. If he doesn't get it done, he didn't want it bad enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let him and the dad was like really, really freaking out. So, I, and, and we can go on and on about yeah. stories with, with stuff. Like, and finally the parent was like, I get it. I get it all, all back. But the kid, want, I mean, he wants it so bad. You and don't even have to. And that's rare. I it mean, is. as you know, that's rare for a, a, a kid to want it as bad or as equal as a parent does. Usually it's just the parent wants it 10 times more than the kid does. No question. It's like you want your kid to be Steph Curry, but your kid doesn't even want to practice. Yes. You know, so how is that going to, you know, work out? And I get it. I get it from a standpoint. When you're a parent, okay, unlike a coach or a teacher, a coach and a teacher only sees your child for short bursts in the day. Yeah. You see your child all the time. You've seen your child from birth to whatever age. So you know what your son or daughter is capable of. So you want them to reach that height, right? You know that they're capable of this. And I think that's where parents get caught up. They see what their their child could do and they're like, they're, he or she's not, not doing it. And yeah. I'm like, they got to discover it. Yeah, well, also they feel, they don't understand that there's a difference between being able to do something and being able to do something consistently because mm-hmm. they'll see their kid make three threes in one game and they'll be like, why can't you do that all the time? Because <laughs> they ask that question. Why can't yeah. you do that all the time? Why can't? Because they can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just that that was like an anomaly, you know, that just happened, you know. And so but they think that, like you said, well, I saw him, you know, make a fadeaway three and it looks so good. It's like, why can't, no, that's just not his game, you know, but they think in their mind, they saw the best of them. So they think that they could do that consistently. And it's hard to do consistent. A lot of things are hard. I mean, even the NBA players, not all of them are consistent. It's hard to, to average 30 year in a year out for 19 years, you know, otherwise everybody would do it, Right. but it's been proven, you know, but you'll have some guys here and there that you don't even know who they are. They'll go for 45 Mm -hmm. a game and, Mm -hmm. you know, look great but then why can't they do it consistently right because it's not easy to do it consistently everybody can't do that on every level yeah but as a parent they see that one time and so they remember yeah you know that great moment and why can't you do that all the time well the defense is a little better in this game sure you know your your son's not able to get a shot off like that and then he's just not that good but you know I, i i try to keep it real with parents to an extent but um you know, it's it's a fine line between keeping it real with them and just making them mad because they think you don't believe in their kid. Yeah. So so who? OK, so who was that person for you when your mother mm-hmm. didn't? You said your father wasn't around and yeah. your mother doesn't understand yeah. the whole landscape of basketball. Correct. Yeah. So who's that voice for you? Really nobody. You know, uh, like I said, my AU coach, I'm in Tyler, Team Texas in Dallas. You know, so I would come up here, then go back to Tyler. So How I was far? In about an hour and a half, okay. hour for, like going to Columbus. Okay. You know, and so nobody was in Tyler. And then Dallas is, I mean, it was so far. So it wasn't like I was around these people all the time talking basketball and all that. Uh, my high school coaches just thought I was great because I'm a big fish in a small pond, you mm-hmm. know. So there really was nobody there that really just schooled me on basketball till I got to UC. You know, it was just, I was just out here hooping, man. You know what I'm saying? Just doing my thing. This this is this is fascinating because I mean I I did not know this about your story. Yeah, I'm figuring you come in as you know a top recruit, and you've been on the grind like other guys have in terms of what they've done to get to where they are. You were just hooping. I was just hooping, man. 
I, I did not know that. And and I told uh, DJ and, and and Dan we were at dinner. Uh, Dermar Johnson and yeah, Dan Horde. Dan Horde, yeah. Shout out to Dan Horde and uh, and DJ. So we were at dinner. I tell there the other thing besides the Jordan thing. I remember my junior going to my senior year. We were at a we were at the AU tournament in Vegas, the Vegas uh, Adidas Big Time tournament. And uh, me and one of my teammates, we were like, um, let's play the slot machine to see what school we're gonna go to. And we just walked by and we was like, okay, we're gonna put a quarter in there. Just call what school you want out. And if it, you hit, that's the school you're gonna go to. It's like divine intervention or something. And he puts his quarter in, or I put my quarter in first. I don't remember who went first. It might, it might have been me. First quarter I put in, I was like, man, I'm going to Cincinnati. And I pulled the thing and my quarter hits like $3. And this is before Cincinnati was recruiting me, you know what I'm saying, before Coach Kennedy really got active with me. Um, and it hit, and I was like, all right, I'm going to Cincinnati. And he put his in, he was like, I'm going to go to North Carolina. And, you know, his, his didn't hit nothing. So I was like, all right, well, you ain't going to North Carolina. <laughs> and, uh, but so it's funny then, you know, probably like a week or two later, like that's when Coach Kennedy, this was like maybe a week or two after Adidas big uh, ABCD camp, you know, like I said, when my name really got big from camp, uh, Coach Kennedy got on me. He took, I think he took Mick's job, Mick left, and Coach Kennedy got it. So it was his first year as well. And uh, yeah, so that's besides that, that happened. I thought that was kind of like divine intervention. And then the Jordan thing, I was like, I'm gonna go to Cincinnati, you know? So it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah, that is. So what, what, okay, well, first, back to the slot machine real quick. So why'd you say Cincinnati? Was that just because of the Jordan? Jordan. Just yeah, Jordan just because Jordan. The just only Jordan reason thing. I picked Cincinnati, gotcha. I didn't even know who's on the team. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, that following year, my senior year, is when I started. I found out who Steve Logan was. Leonard Stokes. Stokes. Yeah. Donald Little. You know, all yep. those guys that year. But before that, I didn't, I didn't watch Cincinnati. I just knew that in Tyler and East Texas, everybody wanted those Cincinnati Jordan shorts oh, no with the C punter. Or everybody wanted North Carolina shorts. But the black and red looks way better than yep. light blue. Yep. You know, so yep. that's the reason I said Cincinnati and pulled the slot machine. Gotcha. And yeah. then so Andy Kennedy started recruiting. Who were some of the other schools that were recruiting you? Uh, I took a visit to OU, um, uh, U of H, Baylor, Texas. Uh, I took an unofficial to SMU. Um, and I, I was gonna, I was supposed to take one at Texas Tech, but I committed with Bobby Knight, but I committed to UC. So uh, it was really like, oh, Arkansas was recruiting me hard. Nolan Richardson. Um, You've got all these Southern schools, but yeah, you yeah. Admit, but you just needed to get away. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, Virginia recruited me, but I didn't want to go to Virginia. Um, uh, Carolina did recruit me at the end, you know, closer to when I was about to make my decision, Coach Doherty, and they weren't very good at that that year either. Mm -hmm. And then, but I didn't know that, you know. Uh, he was only there for a little bit, right? Yeah, that was that little, yeah. Yeah, when, so he was the one that was recruiting me though, and they, I didn't even think they made the tournament that year. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so but yeah, I wanted to get away. I wanted to get away from Texas. Um, just like I said, I'm from Tyler, East Texas. I was like, man, I gotta go to a bigger city. I want to get away, have fun, like just do my own thing. So. You know, and and the Bearcats have always had a great pipeline from the state of Texas. Definitely, I was saying that uh, when I was here, we used to call it the University of Texas in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying because oh. my my sophomore year, I think we had it was me, Field Williams, Jason Maxill, Jamal Lucas, Nick Williams. Yep, um, I think that might have been it. So it was five of us. Yep. Phil, yeah, Jason. Yep, you me. made five. Yeah, it was yep. five out of 12 guys yep. from Texas. Crazy. And yeah. then prior to you, Dewan Baker. Yeah. 
uh, Kenya Martin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's always, like, I guess, recruited out of Texas. And then, but my year, we had five out of 12 guys. So it was crazy. So was, iMac, right? Emmanuel yeah, McElroy, McElroy. Yeah, he he went to Tyler Junior College. Did he really? So I saw him. I used to see. I love Max Game. I was in high school watching him play at uh, Ju- JUCO. Bulldog boy. Yeah, yeah. Super athlete. Um, you know, get by you, dunk on you. Yeah, I liked IMAX game. Yeah, no yeah. question. Hugs love Texas, and I tell you what, it turned out really well. Yeah. All the Texas guys that have you know played for the Bearcats. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all the ones you named were. <laughs> I mean, there were no. There were yeah, no good duds players. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no duds. No flops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, so I, I want to jump into um, your Bearcat career. I know okay. a lot of the. This is a good lead up to that. You know, so I know a lot of the Bearcat fans know your Bearcat career, but how you got there, I think, is always interesting for people to hear. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. So looking at your freshman year, 2002, 2003, uh, you come in, 6'8 guard. Um, but I believe that first year, correct me if I'm wrong, Lenny Stokes was the guard. So you were behind Lenny. Do I remember that correctly? Correct. Okay. I remember it was Lenny. Help me out with who else was there. Field. Field Max, starter. Max. Uh, e was there. Hicks came in with you. Yeah. So the starters were um, Barker was at the point, Field Williams. He was from Texas too, right? No, oh, no, he was from no, Michigan or somewhere. He's from East. Okay, he, yeah, I, somewhere up, somewhere Midwest. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. My bad. Um, so yeah, Barker was at the point, Field at the two, Stokes was at the three, Max at the four, and then we had like an alternating five between Holman, uh, Kareem Johnson, and Big Jabber. Think, you know, it was supposed to be Donald Little senior year, so that would have been him, but uh, whatever happened, he wasn't eligible. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've discussed that on yeah. his podcast. Uh, so um, so yeah, it was it was kind of like a a rotation of those guys. So yeah, I was pretty much behind you know the field and you know Barker just you know in that rotation. I was probably the first first guard off the bench, you know, um, until the end of the season. Actually, so I had a decent freshman year just learning the game, you know. Uh, learning how to rotate on defense, you know, how to use screens on offense. Because high school was just – I was just beating guys with athleticism yeah. and speed and being stronger. But now I'm having to learn how to use screens, how to come off screens, rotating on defense. You know, I learned a lot. I tell people all the time I learned a lot from hugs. So just how to play basketball. But I think someone like you learn quicker than others because of your high IQ yeah. already coming. You're a high IQ guy. Yeah. So the learning curve is a little smaller than maybe – yeah. Some other guys. Yeah. No, I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, and so by the end of my freshman year, you know, I was pretty much starting or played starters minutes like the last 10 games of conference. You know, um, I had some really good games. Uh, and actually in the tournament, I was and so we, we lost to Gonzaga. I was second in scoring, mm-hmm. first in rebound, first in block shots on the stat sheet, you mm-hmm. know, at, against Gonzaga. Like 11 or 12 points. I think uh, Stokes might have had 15 or Bobby, one of them, and I was second. And mm-hmm. I had eight rebounds. You know, mm-hmm. I had a good game. Had to guard Ronnie Turry off because yeah. he started me at the four, the four or five. So me and Max, we were playing a lot. So because mm-hmm. of my size, I was guarding fours or fives. But on the offensive end, they couldn't guard me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I kind of worked my way up in the starters minutes um, by the end of my freshman year. 
Um, and, you know, it, it was decent. You know, I'm still learning. I remember we were sitting down for the uh, selection Sunday, mm-hmm. and that was still new to me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, now I know we got to go to the tournament, but I didn't know that they had a process for it. Yeah. Now I just knew that, you know, you got to be good to go. But I didn't know that there was, like, a committee picking teams. Like, so just sitting there, I'm like – This I is amazing, like, yeah. that you didn't know all Man. this stuff. Man, and but afterwards, now I'm like, oh, that's why coach is getting so mad after these games and shit because you know, RPI didn't know nothing about that. Yeah, you know, it's like he's scared down. we're gonna not make it and stuff. Yeah. I just thought we're a good team; they're gonna put us in. You know, yep. so yep. selection Sunday was weird to me, like waiting to get picked and all that. It was like, damn, I didn't know this process. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, even to that day. So it was. I was still, like I said, just just hooping, man. <laughs> like, yeah. and uh, and then. So sophomore year, you know, starter. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I want to jump back to that freshman year. So from high school, you averaged how many points your senior year of high school? Probably 21. So you go from averaging 21 points a game in high school to your freshman year at UC averaging 3.4 points a game. Was that tough on you? Not really because, like, my I I was more of kind of like – point guard, pass first guy, like points really didn't matter to me. Okay. I just wanted to play well. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I would shoot when I'm open if I didn't. I remember people all the time would tell me like, man, you, but you got to shoot more. Like you, you're not doing enough. You're like, you got to mm-hmm. score the ball more. Like people on the street, everybody, coaches, yeah. they, but I'm just yeah. like, you know, I just kind of played, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't like, I got to be the man and stuff. Right. I just played. Um, but I felt like, okay, when it's time for me to take over something, I have to do that. But I wasn't like a scorer's mentality type guy, so it didn't bother me. Um, but um, as, like I said, my last 10 games of the season, when coach started playing me a lot more, you know, I got more comfortable and, you know, I was scoring more. But um, no, I really didn't, it really didn't, I didn't really think of it because I, I was like, I like to make plays. Yeah. You know, I like to make right. a good pass, lock somebody up on defense. You know, it wasn't just about scoring. Yeah. And, and, I remember, I think that year, I think it was kind of a disappointing year, being 17 and 12. You lose the first round to Southern Miss in the conference, lose to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a disappointing season. Most definitely for, for Cincinnati standard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was bad. I was like, damn, you know, we suck. Like, <laughs> I thought, because, I thought, you know, the year before they were with Steve Logan, yeah. top 10 in the country, all that type of stuff. And, and I'm thinking, you know, that's just how it is year in and year out. But uh i don't think we had the the personnel you know at, to really compete you yeah. know at, at the high, highest level so using that as a transition um coming into your sophomore year uh some new guys come in yeah right uh, i believe flight white comes yeah. in correct um who else is there with you that year who else came in uh, uh i think nick t- came in right nick came in nick came in uh nick williams uh bob it was a year better yes you yes. know, uh, he had a good junior year or whatever, um, his first year there. Uh, so he was a year better. Um, Bobbitt came off the bench. So, uh, excuse oh. me, Bobbitt was the first guard off the bench. Yes, he was the sixth. He, he was the sixth man. He told me he's the greatest sixth man in the history of, <laughs> of basketball. <laughs> not college, yeah, not UC. Basketball. Oh, okay. Better than Lou Will. Yeah. He said he's the greatest. Better than Crawford. <laughs> oh, yeah. Better than Jamal Crawford. Like, he yeah. told me he's the greatest. Could you see him saying that? 
Yeah, I can see him saying that. I love TB, though. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, don't let me get to lying because I forgot about <laughs> TB. He was there my freshman year. So, he was the yeah. first guard off the bench. I was second. Because he had the big game your freshman year versus Oregon. Huge game. Right? Yeah. They were, yeah. like, number five in the country. Yeah, yeah, the Jimmy V Classic, I believe it was. And, uh, yeah, he killed. He went for 30-something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, he was the first guy off the bench, and I, you know, I kind of came off after him. And then, you know, then I was like, like I said, he just coach was like, okay, I could get him minutes at the four. Yeah. And so I played a lot at the four. So to your point, coming into your second year, your sophomore mm-hmm. year, um, you're a year older. TB's now a senior. Uh, James White's there. Nick's there. You guys start off hot. You're 13-0. and 0. Yeah. You guys are rolling. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, we were a lot better. Obviously, like, you know, we were older. Um the, the personnel was better with uh, the additions of James, um, Nick Williams, and then, like I said, the guys, our core guys, Hicks, Max Seal, mm-hmm. on the inside were better. So we, we were just a, you know, a better team, you know, personnel-wise. And uh, I think my sophomore year, I think Rob Whaley was there. Or was that my junior year? Rob was only there one year. That was uh, – I think that was – because It was my sophomore year. It was my sophomore year. Whaley was there my sophomore year. Yeah. Because is that the year you guys – We lost to Illinois. Yes, in the second round you guys lost to Illinois. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was Rob's – and I know for a fact it was because of all the things that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I've so, heard. yeah. So, um, yeah, he was there. But um, so he was another guy that was, a, you know, a big name. Sure. Juco uh, big time transfer name. or whatever. So, yeah, we had a lot more talent. Like I said, I mean – I don't care who's coaching. You got to have players. Yeah. So you know that second year, the personnel was better. Yeah. Um, so you guys go thirteen and zero, and then you lose to Louisville, who's number five in the country. Got smacked by yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. What I happened that game? Um, man, my sophomore year, I think I was hurt that game. Not that I was the reason that we lost uh, or anything, but I remember I sprained my MCL, and I think that might have been my first game back. Okay. Or was that my junior year? God, I can't remember. Um, no. No, I think that was my junior year. No, it was my sophomore year. Yeah. So I got hurt um, in Tulsa uh, a couple games before that, and I wasn't ready to go. I tried to play against Louisville. Didn't really play that well. But, yeah, they, they, they got us good um, at home. And then I think we beat them at our place. In overtime. In overtime. That's correct. Okay. And then if I remember correctly, <clears throat> and, and help me remember this, so they blew you guys out at their place, went home in overtime, and then you had a good game against them in the conference, I believe. Yeah. Didn't you, didn't you like, hit the – You had the game-winning shot. You hit the game-winning shot. Yeah. To beat them because you guys went on to win the conference championship that yeah. year. And yeah. you hit the game-winning shot. Talk yeah. us through that. Uh, it was crazy because Coach – I don't think this. I think this was the first time that he called this play for me, okay. and I don't know what made him call it. I don't know. If one of the assistant coaches like, okay, we got this advantage because I was pretty much running point the whole game, and I had probably 12, 13 points, about eight assists. You know, I was playing well, and I remember Patino was like, "Stay in front of him," because I was just going by whoever and just kind of passing mm-hmm. or trying to score or whatever. And uh, probably 30 seconds left, 45 seconds. Coach ran a play for me to basically. Uh, pass to the wing, down screen for Max to come up to like the the high post area or something, mm-hmm. and then turn and seal in the post. Mm-hmm. 
and he really didn't post me up that much. Like, literally, we didn't run that play the whole game. Mm-hmm. Probably haven't run it the whole season, but yeah. I knew the position, so I was like, okay. And I posted up Taekwon Dean. Max threw it into me in the post um, and just, you know, turned a little fadeaway shot off the glass, and we go up two, and then we got to get a stop. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get that last stop and, you know, then, you know, win the conference tournament because of that. Yeah. And one thing about you that I remember, and I want to know where you got this from or – who you watched if it was Pippen, but your ability to get to the mid-range and not only elevate, but that little fade, that little lean you had made it impossible to block. Yeah. It was like, you know, I always say this, there are two shots in basketball that were just, just became unstoppable. The, the, obviously, Kareem Skyhook yeah. is maybe the most unstoppable move ever. And he yeah. was so close to the basket. Yeah. Then Jordan, when he went to the fadeaway, yeah. the fadeaway just became that, just forget about it. You know, Jordan and, and, and Kobe and hit the fade. But you had that, man, you had that ability to find that gap to either get to that high pinch post, you know, just that spacing to find that and elevate and shoot that mid-range. And it was just like money. Where did you get that from? Like Am you I said, right, though? Am yeah, I, no, okay. you're right. I love. I mean, it came from my favorite player was T Mac. Okay, so well, it, there it, you go. Yeah, it came from T Mac, man. Enough said. I, yeah, 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 it came from T Mac because he would face guys up in six nine, like you said, just get to his spot and raise up. You know, um, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan uh, growing up, but T Mac was my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So a, a funny story. I posted on Facebook that you were coming in to mm-hmm. do the podcast today. And there was a young man that played my AU program, and he was a taller, thinner kid. And I told him when he was playing AU for us, I said, you need to watch Armin Kirkland at UC. And he's like, who? I was like, yeah. Armin Kirkland. I was like, you need to watch how he gets to the you know, high pinch post and finds his space. And, uh, and he even posted this on my Facebook. He said, you became his favorite player. He used to watch you all the time oh, like wow. he mimicked your game that's awesome. i'm gonna show you the facebook post chris okay. hall that's awesome he mimicked your he played high school basketball and everything here you yeah. were his favorite player and oh, i told cool. him to watch you <laughs> that's cool that's yeah cool. so i gotta make sure i give you your flowers on that yeah yeah appreciate it yeah all good so uh like you said and we'll, we'll kind of jump out of your uh sophomore year but you guys lost to illinois that year mm. in the tournament who was on the illinois team i'm trying to remember darren williams yes that was yep they were tough. Yeah. And then yeah. Luther, with the Luther Head, yes. D. Brown. They were yeah. tough. Yeah. And the following tough. year, they went undefeated until the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Their junior year. Yeah. So, segue into your junior year, 2004 to 2005. Um, guys had a good season, 25 and 8, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, now, you're, uh, Max is a senior that year. Yes. Right? Max Hicks is a junior. You're a junior, obviously. You guys start off kind of like your sophomore year, mm-hmm. hot, yeah, eleven and zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, <laughs> we had we had a we were playing really well. Um, we beat LSU, who had Big Baby. Oh yeah, Big Baby, Big Baby on Davis. The team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had another guy that went to the league. Uh, I can't remember his name. He was like a, a four man, uh, real high jumper. They had a good. They had a solid team, but we beat them in Vegas. Uh, for the semifinals, and then we played um, Illinois again in Vegas. That's when they were number one. They were number one. And they beat you guys, right? Beat us by yes. 20. Yes. 15, 20. Um, they just played more efficient than we did, you know. Uh, they just made open shots. They just they just played better. Simple as that. 
Um, and then, yeah, and then we were kind of up and down a little bit. Our conference was tougher. Uh, uh, Louisville was really good that year. I think they went to the Final Four that year. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we had a decent season our junior year, but it wasn't to, to the standard that we would have hoped for. And here, here's what surprised me that season about you guys. So when I look at a basketball season, right, mm-hmm. I look at winning streaks. Yeah. Because if you look at a conference tournament or the NCAA, all that is is a winning streak. Yeah. To get to the championship game, you're on a winning streak. So you try to find those winning streaks within the season. So your junior year, you guys start off 11 and 0, and you end the season 6 and 0. So the regular season. So now you've got these two bookends. Yeah. Of it's like streak, streak. So that should kind of play into the conference tournament, which it didn't. It didn't. You guys lost South Florida. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I remember that game vividly because I was pissed off. Uh, that was the first round. First round. Yeah, I, I was mad, man. We uh we went down there. Uh, it was in Memphis, uh, where the Grizzlies play, if I'm not mistaken. And um, South Florida, first of all, they give them credit. Hats off. They played hard as hell, you know. Um, but I remember Hugs took me out the game like a minute and a half into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I threw a pass to Max Seal. It went off his fingertips, out of bounds, or something. It was like a post play for Max. It went off his fingertips, out of bounds. And next thing I know, like, I'm getting subbed out. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know for what, but I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, the game just started. Like, I haven't even got going yet, mm-hmm. you know. And up until that point, I've been hooping. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Got conference player of the week, like the first and second week of conference. Like, I've been playing well. And uh, like you said, we've been winning. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're 6-0 and now. All of a sudden, you take me out the game. Like, so I'm mad. I had family drive from Texas to Memphis. And, uh, like, honestly, I didn't want to play the rest of the game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, dude, you, you're tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to win, and you taking me out the game for what? Like, if you think somebody else could do it better than me, then just lead them in the game. Yeah. And so I remember we were losing, and at halftime, Hugs is yelling at me, are you going to fucking play? Can I cuss? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely you can cuss. Oh, okay. Yes. Are you going to fucking play? And I'm like, man, you ain't letting me play. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Am I going to fucking play? Now you want me to be the savior. You know, because uh, we're down 15 yeah. to South Florida. And, you know, I remember Hicks like, come on, Kirk, man, just don't listen to him. Just do it for us, man. Just play for us. And I'm like, man, he tripping, man. Like, I don't even feel like playing for real. Yeah. Like, he he just killed my vibe, yeah. you know, mentally. And, uh, and then we end up losing, as you know. And we go back to the hotel. And I remember Hugs is saying curfews at 10 o'clock. We're leaving at 7 o'clock in the morning to drive back to uh, Cincinnati, you know. And I'm like, all right. Like I said, I got family and friends there. So I wasn't even hearing that shit, mm-hmm. you know. And Suleiman was my roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and all so, you got to say right yeah. there. And so, you know, about Trouble. 1030, I start getting phone calls from Suleiman. Next thing, I don't answer his call. Next thing, and he's leaving me a message. Oh, the coach is looking for you. They came to the room. Like, you know, I ignored it. Next thing, you know, I'm getting private calls, calling my phone. Mm-hmm. Coach Kennedy's trying to call my phone. I don't answer for nobody. So I'm like, I don't care. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we just lost. I'm already mad. Like, I don't, I, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, you could do it, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, the crazy thing. And so I spent a night with uh, this girl that came to watch me play or whatever. I was dating or whatever and uh, uh, at, at their hotel room. 
And she she brings me back to the hotel like 6.30. So, like, he said, we're getting on the and bus at 7. leaving at 7? Yeah, we're leaving at 7. So, I'm just like, I just got to put my stuff in a bag. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, I probably should have came back earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but we pull up to the hotel. Okay. Hugs is sitting outside. <laughs> like, right, like, literally, like, on a little chairs right by the sliding doors. He's sitting there. And uh, we pull up, and I see his ass, and it's like, we can't, like, move out the way. So I just tell her, just keep driving. Don't stop. Just keep driving. And so she just – and he probably saw me in the car, but I kind of ducked down a little bit, <laughs> act like I didn't see him. I was just looking straight, and we drive right by his ass. But that's the only way to get in the hotel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was no yeah. back door and things. So, You're screwed. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to get out and walk. Music. Yeah, just yeah. walk. I just walked out, walked right past his ass, went, got my shit out there. He didn't say nothing to me. I didn't say nothing to him. And got on the bus, got my stuff, got on the bus. And I remember him saying, um, we got on the bus, if any of you motherfuckers were, were out past curfew last night, don't worry about playing in the NCAA tournament. You know, we'll, we'll see you guys next year. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, well, he ain't talking to me because if you're not going to say my name, then I'm going to assume that you don't know who was out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So unless you say I'm guilty, then I'm going to assume, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so my mind's like, well, shit, come Monday's practice, if my shit's not in my locker, then I guess I'm not <laughs> on the team. But if it's there, I'm going to just practice like nothing happened. Right. And that's pretty much what happened. You know, nothing was missing. So I just put my clothes on, went to practice. He didn't say shit to me. You know what I'm saying? We're getting ready for Iowa in the first round. The only thing he, I remember him asking me was like, are you going to fucking play? Are you going to fucking play? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play, man. Like, just don't fuck with me. Like, yeah, I'm going to play. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing he asked me. Mm-hmm. He didn't say nothing about the curfew, none of that shit. He just kind of said the same shit he said against South Florida. You going to play? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play. Just don't fuck with me and I'll play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, we beat Iowa and then uh, second round, which was huge, playing Kentucky. We got to talk about that game. Yeah, yeah. We had him at halftime, man. Um, Rondo played really well. Did he? Uh, Chuck Hayes was killing in the post. Yep. Azabuki played okay, um, and we, we just couldn't score the ball. I mean, we so let's let's actually build up to that game. Okay. So obviously, Cincinnati, UK, you know, that's obviously going to be a big game. They People never play each other. It. Yeah. Never play each other, and then the fact that you guys are playing in a football stadium. <sighs> That's, people don't understand. I've I've been to a Final Four before, in in Indianapolis, and I sat down really close one time. Mm-hmm. I don't. It is different. It sounds different. It feels it looks different. different. Yeah. It's like it's like I, I tell people like that game was the first time I ever played in a football arena. It was packed. It felt like you're in a twilight zone. Yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. It wasn't a basketball environment. Yeah. You know that you're used to. Right. And uh, like you said, the buildup, they were – I mean, I remember they – I think they changed our game time or something like that because they were like uh, – they wanted to be a primetime game, mm-hmm. the matchup. And um, so they kind of changed our game time so it could be more of a primetime game. Uh, I think Kmart was there. Nick Lachey Nick. came to the game, you know, yep. which he – I had never seen him before. I didn't know he was a fan. Didn't he talk to you guys that game? I think he did the before he after the game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that. Um and, That's uh, right, Kenya. What, Dermar was there too. Yeah, Rube was there. Dermar you know. had a fur coat on or something. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, Blunt, I think Blunt came. Yep. So it was, it was a uh, yeah. All the you know, former Cincinnati greats were there. Um, fortunately, we couldn't pull it out. We, like I said, we 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 fought hard, and it was a close game. I think we ended up losing by six or seven. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, they they got us. I ran into Rondo at an AU tournament. Okay. He was watching, I believe it was his nephew. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Louisville 
And uh, we're getting ready to – one of our Shining Star teams is getting ready to play. And all the kids are like, hey, the Rondo's right there. So I see him, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to bother him. I don't know him. I've never met him. So I'm leaving, um, and we're at the uh, Expo Center uh-huh. in Louisville. And I'm leaving, and he comes out leaving. And he's, you know, got his uh, family with him, I guess. And so I was like, let me say something to him real quick. And I, I kind of come over, and I said, hey – I tell him my name. I said, I, I played for the Bearcats, I said, but I played before um, you did when you guys played uh, at uh, um, at Indy yeah. or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I remember that game. And I was like, he was like, we were worried about you guys. And I said, really? He says, we were worried about the rebounding. Yeah. They were really worried rebounding. And I, and I was thinking about that after he said that. Like, remember that big seven? What was the seven three? The African guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was huge, man. I remember, I think, one time he, like, just picked the ball up off the ground like this and just dunked it. Like, it was crazy. He didn't jump or nothing. He just (laughs) – loose ball, he just picked it with one hand and just dunked it. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. And I think that was one of his better, you know, games. Yeah. And they really – the way I took it from Rondo was they needed him, and obviously Chuck Hayes was a force. Chuck Hayes was a Bearcat type of guy. He was. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So they were worried about – he said they were worried about the rebounding and, and toughness, but that was a great game. I, I was there. I, I, I wish we would have pulled it off, but – Yeah. Would you say um, that year was that one of the most memorable games for you? Definitely, yeah, because of the uh, environment – yeah. You know, 40,000 people there is the most people we've had at a game, you know, and being in a football stadium, it was a lot of people. At yeah. The basketball game. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. It was it was crazy. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely one of the better games that we played in. Um, I didn't play as well as I would have liked to, but um, I think I did my job defensively. You know, Azabuki was kind of my assignment, so I did a good job with him. But um yeah, we just – it was really, I think, uh, Chuck Hayes had a big game. One of them, him or Morris, one of them had like 20-something points, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they kind of did their thing, and Rondo had played well. But, yeah, we just couldn't couldn't get enough buckets down the stretch. Yeah. So, now that this season's over, your junior year, and I'm sure you, like many other guys, you're thinking about, you know, the next year, especially being a senior, you're like, man, I got to go out with a bang. Yeah. Um, and then you find out. Hugs got fired. Yeah. Where were you and how did you find out? I was coming out of class, summer school class. Yeah. And um, a reporter came up to me and asked me, how do I feel about it? And I didn't know what to say because I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I was just coming out of class. They were like, how do What'd you, you hit f-? him with? I was like, I, I don't know anything about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, you know, Hugs got released or whatever they said, however they put it. And I didn't know what to say. I was like, I, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just hearing this from you. You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of, you know, walked off, walked to class. And then, you know, I guess Coach Kennedy uh, told us. But we never had a, we never even had a formal meeting mm-hmm. after that with Hugs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they told him, to, hey, you got to pack your shit and get off campus now or mm-hmm. what. But it wasn't like, you know, we had a formal meeting with Kennedy. Yeah, I remember Kenny was like, yeah, he's going to be all right. They gave him $3 million to leave. So I think, you know, I think <laughs> he'll good. be all right. You ain't got to worry about him, you right. know, but, you know, we got a job to do. Um, but, uh, and that was, yeah, that was kind of how I found out through some reporters. And then obviously found out it was true. Uh, 
I don't know what the deal was. Him and the president supposedly didn't get along or whatever. But you know, I really didn't. Yeah, a lot of lot of drama. There was a lot yeah, of layers a lot to of that. politics. Yeah, yeah. which I, I didn't care to investigate. It didn't matter. It's like whatever I say is not going to change anything anyway. Yeah, I'm here to play basketball and. Uh, so, so was your mentality that you know, hey, I'm I'm riding this out. AK's the coach. I'm good. Or were you thinking about leaving? No, nah, I never thought about leaving. You know, Cause like you said, AK was my guy anyway. He recruited um, you. Yeah, and I was just thinking about just you know finishing, getting my degree, and you know going to the next level. Like, you know, it, it wasn't going to change anything. Going to a different school, like for what? Right. That's not going to make my individual basketball game better I'm still gonna be a the same player just at a different school yeah and I feel like the player I am good enough to play in the league so I could do it here I could do another school I'm not gonna pack up and leave like right for one year it didn't, it didn't make sense so I, that wasn't even a consideration and the and the the other thing too with hugs getting fired was we and I say we because I, I feel part of this were taking that next step going from Conference USA to the Big, to East. The Big East, yeah. which Armin was a huge step. There were many people that were part of, you know, making that happen. You know, many players of the past, the Kenyon Martins and those guys, and Hugs was a big part of that. And to see Hugs not be able to, you know, be a part of that, but it is what it is. What was your feeling about going from Conference USA to – at that time, the best conference in basketball. The I Big think East. it's the best conference that was ever created, mm -hmm. like for that couple of years. Because mm -hmm. you had, like you said, the Big East and what it was, and you yep. had Cincinnati, Louisville, and Marquette. Yep, joined Just Hoover. those three right. powerhouses. No question. Uh, you know, along with DePaul and whoever else joined. But uh, So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's another conference ever that's, yeah. that's been that good yeah. with that many loaded teams. So for me, I was excited, man. Yeah, playing, finally playing some different schools, you know, yep. instead of just going down to, to East Southern Carolina Miss. or whatever. <laughs> Southern Miss, like you know, you're gonna beat them. I couldn't stand going to Southern yeah, Miss. Yeah, yeah. So it's like now instead of Southern Miss, it's Syracuse. And two, yeah, Tulane, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and instead of you know, SM or not SMU, TCU, it's uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I was having a hard time. I, I was I wasn't shooting the ball well my mm -hmm. senior year. So that at the beginning of the, first half of the senior I wasn't shooting the ball well I was averaging like 10 11 points but wasn't shooting it well until conference started mm -hmm. and then I felt like you know I finally got my rhythm um comfortable with what coach AK was trying to do as far as our offense and everything and uh, I had a good game against uh, Marquette at Marquette we were down seven points at halftime I think I had like 14 and locked up uh Novak Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Novak, who just hit UConn for 41 mm -hmm. the game before, and I locked him up. Uh, we were playing man. Mm -hmm. He had like two points, mm. you know. For some reason, AK goes to zone. And so now I'm not guarding him. We're playing 2-3 zone. He gets open for three threes. Mm. And so now he has like three nine points like in a matter of four or five minutes. And I'm pissed off because mm -hmm. I'm like, that's my assignment. Like I'm locking his ass up. And we go to zone. Yeah. And I remember yelling at AK. And AK's like, I'm the fucking coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. I'm like, man, let's get out this fucking zone. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm the coach. And then he called, but he ended up letting us go back man. And uh, like I said, I locked him up. And, um, you know, we won that game. And then the very next game, we go to UConn. But let me, let me, uh, let me yeah. stop you real quick because I want to build up to the UConn game. You guys had been on a 10-game winning streak. Oh, it was 10 games? 10 okay. games going into that UConn. And you're playing, you know, 
arguably some of your best basketball of yeah. your career. Yeah. Agree with that? Yeah. And then, so the big number four team in the country, you guys are playing UConn, Rudy Gay, right? That was Rudy, Rudy Gay. Gay was there. Um, you score, what, 14 of the first 18 yep. points? Yep. You're, you're, you're playing, like, the highest level. Yeah, yeah. And then? Yeah, and I remember uh, telling James White before the game, like, I, I've been playing well, and I'm finally like, okay, now you're playing like you're capable, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I don't know. I, it was kind of one of those things, like, in the first half of the season, I was in a slump, mm -hmm. and it was, it was kind of fucking with me mentally. Like, mm -hmm. damn, why am I missing these shots? You know what I'm saying? I'm killing in practice every day, but in the game, so it started fucking with me mentally a little bit, and I got over that mental part of it and uh, started playing well. And I remember telling James before the game, because like you said, they had Rudy Gay, Josh Boone, Hilton Armstrong, mm -hmm. Marcus Williams, four first round picks mm -hmm. all on one team. And uh, I told James, I'm getting a million dollars tonight. Like I'm mm -hmm. getting paid tonight. Yeah. Like I'm going to the league tonight because mm -hmm. I knew every scout was there or whatever. And like you said, I came out just busting their ass, you know, busting Rudy Gay's ass. And I had 14 of our 18 points. Um, about to score 16 points and go up for a layup and my knee just buckles, you know, tear my ACL. I felt a pop and I just kind of limped off, hopped off to the sideline and uh, Fluker was there, Dave Fluker, our trainer, yep. was there and was looking at me and I just knew that this wasn't like when I sprained my MCL before. This was worse because I felt a pop and it felt so funny and I just knew it was bad but I didn't know how bad. And then uh, halftime, I went to the locker room and the, the team doctor for their team came and evaluated me along with Fluker. And he was like, man, I'm pretty sure you tore your ACL, you know? And uh, shit, it just, it just hurt, man. I'm in there crying. You know, the team is looking at me like, man, he can't play, you know? And I'm, I'm just, shit, I was just hurt. I just knew my season was over with. My college career was over with, you mm -hmm. know, at that point. That was it. Um, and so, you know, from then on, it was just like about rehabbing and getting better. And the crazy part about it is that game was on Big Monday. Mm -hmm. Sunday was uh, the NFL playoffs. And if you remember the day before, uh, Carson Palmer tore his ACL. Oh, wow. So it was like I was watching I the game. When we, were in, that, yeah. we were in, yeah, we were, we were already in UConn. I'm watching the game. I'm like, damn, he tore his ACL on a pass. I think he threw like a long-ass pass and got hit, tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. And Bengals end up losing, you know, mm -hmm. and they had a good team, Ocho and all yep. those guys. And the very next day, I tear my ACL, you know. Man, and it crazy. was just like, man, I just saw somebody from Cincinnati, you know, the Bengals do it, now I did it. And it, it was tough, man. Yeah. And the thing about it, too, is so I remember you're, you're, you're dribbling up the court, right, mm -hmm. right up the middle. You kind of make your move and you're going up for your shot. <clears throat> when you initially did it, I thought, and I believe the guy who was doing the TV thought it was your ankle. Yeah. I thought it was your ankle because, yeah. you know, kind of the way. But then, and, and this is the other reason I thought it was your ankle, because you kept going down court. Like, you went down to play defense. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, he just hurt his ankle or whatever. But then I knew, I knew you were hurt when you went to the bench and you were hitting the bench. Yeah. And Fluke's just like, he just got this look. And I'm like, okay, he's hurt way worse than, you know, did an ankle and then they showed it again and then you could see your knee just like yeah you know doing the yeah twist thing yeah yeah and like you said i mean i've always been i've always prided myself in like being tough not mm -hmm. to say that you know guys that fall down and and cry for 10 minutes aren't tough but you know i get on to my players about that yeah i'm like you know i tore my acl 
and I didn't even fall to the ground. Yeah. I just kind of limped yep. as best you as ran, I could. You ran back yeah, on defense. Yeah, I tried to, you know what I'm saying, until a timeout or we, we fouled somebody or something yep. and I got off the court. But I see guys that, like, you know, get poked in the eye or something. They're on the ground for 10 minutes. <laughs> really? And I'm like, dude. <laughs> Like, I didn't even fall down. I wanted to keep playing. Like, if you're going to fall down and do all this, you better yeah. be, like, almost dead. Right. But you definitely can't play the rest of this game. Right. Because you're that hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you fall down for 10 minutes and you get up and you keep playing. Like, come on, man. I hate, I hate that. Yeah. But, you know, because that's just – it's just, I don't know. It's kind of mentally weak to me. It's just, it's just kind of weak. Not to say, But, you know, I don't know everybody's pain tolerance. Yeah. So I kind of give them a pass. But that's one thing I do hate is when guys fall on the ground and just act – like they're hurt and then they keep playing yeah it's like you could have got up like two yeah, minutes ago right you're not right. that hurt we see some guys in the nba do that they do it all the time do it, you and know, it bothers little, me right. it bothers me right you know i hate that and you, like like you said you you kept playing um that or you ran back and then flute got you brought you to the bench and much like and we've seen this before with bearcat basketball and i'm sure you've seen when kenya martin went down and mm -hmm. Uh, he got hurt, and <clears throat> you get hurt playing your best, you know, your best basketball of your career at the time. Mentally, what was that like for you knowing – I mean, you knew your senior year was finished. Yeah. When, so what was that like mentally for you? It was tough, man. You know, I was questioning God, like, why this happened, why this happened to me, yeah. you know, to, this, to that day. You know, I've been at UC for four years. We haven't had one guy tear ACL, mm. you know. Most guys don't. The most they did was sprain the ankle. Yeah. You know, so we have nobody have a major injury, and then I'm the first one. You know, and like you said, when I and I do it on national TV. Yep. And I'm killing Rudy Gay's ass. Yep. Got 14 of our 18 points. Yep. Like just putting in work, and that happens with every scout in the league there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm like, why? Did, you know why? You know what I'm saying? But you know, at now that I'm past it, I'm like that was just God's plan. Yep. You know, if God wanted me to play in the NBA and take that path, I wouldn't have never got hurt. I would have finished that game and my stock would have rose. Whatever would have happened was supposed yeah. to happen, but that was my plan. Yeah. You know, that wasn't God's plan. So that's the way I looked at it. And uh, I just had to go to plan B. But um, initially it was like, okay, I got to just rehab. Just mm -hmm. take this rehab series and try to get back in the league and just deal with this, uh, this injury and, and try to make my way back up, you know. And uh, obviously that didn't happen because uh, after I got released uh, to start playing, I went to the D-League and first week of training camp tore my other ACL. Oh, man. So that's when I knew. I was like, okay, God, I really don't want me to play. Because like, I tried <laughs> to tell myself it's just coincidence. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll work hard to get back in shape and, and work my way up. And then the second one happened, you know. And so it was like, uh, nah, let me just, you know, start thinking about something else, mm -hmm. you know. So that's kind of how, you know, UC career ended. We um, ended up going to the NIT for the first year that year because after I got hurt, we went from 13-2 and two to we ended up, I don't know what we ended up my senior year. 21-13. and 21-13, and 13. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yep. we went 8 and, what's that, 11? Mm -hmm. The last couple games or whatever. Yeah. So we were 13-2 we were and two and then, yeah, we won 8 of our last 19 games or whatever. Um, crazy game that I watched with Syracuse at the, at the, uh, at the garden mm -hmm. for the Big East tournament, our mm -hmm. first Big East tournament. Um, McNamara, I think hit like oh, a man. crazy three or something to beat us at the buzzer. Something crazy happened. I can't yep. even remember, but, uh, but yeah, so I just had to watch, man, just, yeah. you know, try to be a assistant coach yeah. for the rest of that year. Yeah. And then the NIT game. 
Yeah. Which was another whole. Nobody crazy. wanted to be there. Yeah. That yeah. Was a, yeah. It was just like we were disappointed. I think the the morale was down. Yeah. You know, everybody's just like, oh, let's just get this season over with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you, like many other um, very good college basketball players, you know, you go overseas and yeah. you, you, like most guys, you become a journeyman yeah. overseas. I mean, you played in all kind of places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only played for three years, but yeah, I played in Dubai my first year, which I was blessed to go there, um, you know, after I came back from that second ACL tear in Singapore and Hungary. Um, I went to two different places in Hungary, and then my knees were just hurting so bad after both ACL tears and, and other problems, meniscus tears. So I just like, man, I called my agent. I got to come home, man. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I was smart financially. I saved every penny that I made for those three years. So you know, That's tax-free money over there, correct? Tax-free, yeah. Yeah, I was getting on a plane with, you know, stacks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just saved it, man. And so when I came back, it was a easier transition. I'd already got my degree. Yeah. So I was able to, you know, transition into the real world is what we call it. So, yeah. 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 You know, that's, you said something earlier. I mean, we all have our own journey. You know, it may not go the way we – wanted to go at the time or work yeah. out perfectly but we always end up in a place and we find our purpose too yeah right i feel like you've you found your purpose and uh, definitely helping that next generation definitely of, of kids and you've got a lot you've got a lot of uh, what i call hand-me-down knowledge yeah to pass on to yeah. young people being that you've been through yeah yeah and that's what i try to tell them and then on top of that my main thing is like you know they say they got this ball is life thing <laughs> yeah right <laughs> for me i like to tell them like it's that's not true yeah you know ball is not life you know not even close you know so uh just be prepared and try to prepare yourself to to do other things besides ball yeah for sure because it sounds good ball is life you know it's right a good little quote or whatever but that's not the truth because even if you're good things can happen and i think i think we've got some great players right now mm-hmm. especially because the way I always look at it, like, the NBA sets the standard. Like, yeah. everybody looks to that, and then it trickles down to the college level and the high school level. But I think we've got some guys at the NBA level that I think are doing some great things. Like, you look at a Chris Paul, yeah, right? And what he's doing with, you know, he's got this nutrition thing going on mm-hmm. with plant-based stuff, trying to get people to eat, you know, healthy. I think uh, his work with HBCUs. Yeah. I think he's trying to do a health plan with the HBCUs with the with the food and um and, and LeBron. I mean LeBron's been oh, a Oh man, he got a school. Well, I mean, yeah. right? Just those things of outside of basketball but using your platform to set up something else, yeah. right? And having a like I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like LeBron's trying to position himself to own a team one day. Definitely. You yeah. feel like that way? I, yeah. I just feel, and that's smart. Like, yeah. yeah, he's looking at Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the next up. So, yeah, he, he wants to follow in Jordan's footsteps, I think, you know. And, uh, I mean, not that he wants to be Jordan, but he's just, I mean, why would you not want to emulate right. somebody doing great things? Yeah, no Doesn't mean you want to be them. It's right. just, I, I want to do good things too. Yeah. So, you know, he's lifelong Nike deal. He's tied in forever. So, pr- once he stops playing, they're going to be making retros. <sighs> He's you know all that type of stuff and you know generational wealth right yeah there, yeah right? yeah so now nah, we we definitely have a lot of athletes that 
don't get the credit that, like you say, that they probably should. Mm-hmm. Even Westbrook, you know, they're hating on him, but he does a lot of good things for the community. Yeah. You know, still yeah. in Oklahoma, and he's not even there anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of good guys out there is doing yeah. good things. A lot, of, a lot of guys that, that I think young people can look at and you can use as an example to your kids saying, okay, it's great to focus in on basketball, mm-hmm. but while you're doing that, think about this. Yeah. Because LeBron did, CP did, you know, yeah. on and on and on. And so yeah. they'll listen to that. Yeah. They'll hear that, right? Because yeah. they see it, yeah. you know. So, uh, I, so I do want to use that as a segue. And I, I look at Bearcat basketball during that Hugs era, yeah. right? I, I've said this, and I'm on record um, of saying this on a national level. I've said this on um, Kevin Durant has the boardroom. Uh-huh. And um, I was interviewed for the Jordan article they did. And I was talking to the uh, Ian Stoneberg, who was doing an article. And I said, Ian, like, I know this may seem crazy, but follow me on this. I said, I don't think any program in college basketball for – that length of time had as much swag as Bearcat basketball. Yeah. And go, what about Michigan? Man, you, Michigan's was, was huge, yeah, it was, but it had that pocket. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I said, you know, North Carolina's up there. Obviously, they've, they've had a lot. But, man, I'm like, the Bearcat swag between, you look at the Final Four group with Nick Van Exel, just how he carried himself, yeah. you know, all the way to Kenyon. And you look at all these Bearcats along the way, just so many, and I mean this in a right, in a, in a, in a nice way, but so many characters. Yeah. Almost like cartoon characters that yeah. were just so, you know, polarizing. Yeah. I don't think any college basketball program captured that for that t- amount of time. You agree with that? Yeah, I agree with it. You know, I think, I think it, I put Carolina up there. Yeah, I, that's the one school I will like. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Cincinnati, I mean, especially, like you said, looking at the history from early C. Blunt era days until, you know, Hugs departure. Um, yeah. It's, and you, if, if you go back and you go look at Google Images, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying all that to say this about you, uh, you had a tough shoe game when you played yeah you had a tough shoe game and i pride myself on having a tough shoe game um you you wore some you wore some stuff i did but i also want to be comfortable mm-hmm. you know and uh you know if it wasn't comfortable i didn't want to wear it but you know we were we were just blessed man i mean because yeah. of guys like you and, and before that Thank put you. us in a position that we could wear jordans man for free yeah it's like we get them out before anybody else. I mean, you can't beat that. Can't beat that. And I'm going to yeah. tell you, you guys had something that we were jealous of. My group, you guys had the red unis. We didn't. Oh, y'all didn't have red uniforms? We, you guys were the first one to get the red unis. Oh, okay. We yeah. didn't like that. Oh, man. <laughs> we were yeah, like, Yeah, those red no. was fresh. <laughs> the red? Yeah, the red's fresh. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and that was the last year, man. So we – I got the only Jordan Big East jersey because it was just one year of Jordan and Big East because the following year they went to Adidas. That's right. So, yeah, that was – you were with Brandon Miller. He was the walk-on, right? Yeah. Pat's yeah. wall, yeah. Pat's, that's right. That was that – Yeah, we got the only Jordan Big East uniform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Man, love that. Um, so, I want to do – 
two more things before okay. we finish up. We're going to do quick questions, quick answers. Okay. And then I want to talk a little bit about this current Bearcat basketball program, okay. Wes Miller, and uh, what's going on over there. So quick question, quick answers real quick. So I've been asking a lot of former players this question. We were doing our live podcast at Mio's. And I started doing this, and I was actually fascinated to hear some people answer this the way I didn't think they were going to answer. Okay. So my question is this, Armin. Would you rather be MJ or MJ? Here's what I mean. Okay. Would you rather be Michael Jordan in his prime, his prime basketball career, biggest global sports star in the world, mm -hmm. or Michael Jackson, the biggest pop culture icon? He's having concerts and grown men with 401ks are passing out, being carried out of his concerts. I mean, you can say MJ was, Michael Jackson was one of the most well-known people in the world. Would you rather be Michael Jordan in his prime or Michael Jackson in his prime? MJ or MJ? Michael Jackson. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't think you'd say that. Why? Because what he does is like an individual sport. You don't have to depend on other people to be great. And Michael Jordan has to depend on other people to be great. Mm -hmm. And they don't get enough credit. And so for me, it's like I tell my just being an asshole when mm -hmm. I was younger, like I didn't have that great of teammates. I used to say, man, I wish I could pass to myself mm. because it was just the asshole. Man, man, I wish that sounds I like pass. something Kobe would say, though. <laughs> you know what's crazy? When, when Tony met Kobe, he came back. You know, Tony, Tony Bobby, yeah, yeah, was with Kobe, the Lakers. Yeah. He came back to Cincinnati. He was like, man, I told Kobe, you remind me of Kobe. He was like, yeah, he was like, man. Really? He, yeah, he, he told me that. He was like, mm. you act like Kobe. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But because I was an asshole to my teammate, I would talk shit like that. Like, I'm better than you guys, whatever. But I, I wish I could pass it myself. <laughs> I told Eric's one time, I told Hicks one time, like, if you get it, man, if you get it, just call timeout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if the ball ends up in your hand, just call timeout. But I'm sure that, but did, I say that, that didn't go over well. No, 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 no. He wanted to fight. But I was, I was being serious. I was like, we got to win the game. So if you end up with it, just call timeout. Yeah. You know? But, um, but nah, because I, I, I'd rather just be on my own. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I love the team thing, but you got to depend on them. So you don't need you don't need the Jackson 5. You don't need Tito and no, MJ, the MJ and his prime didn't have just, all them. He yeah, was solo. that's what I'm saying. You need, yeah, you want solo gl glitter glove. Yeah. The jacket. By myself, yeah, because I know I could be great every night because I'm controlling everything. Okay. It's just me. Okay. I don't have to worry about this guy making a shot or, you know, this guy playing defense or whatever the case may be, you know, because you got to think – like Michael Jackson, from when he began to the end, he, he basically essentially won a championship every year. Mm -hmm. Jordan didn't even make the playoffs some years. Mm -hmm. That's the equivalent of like Michael Jackson, like nobody liking his music. Mm -hmm. That never happened. He was basically a champion every year. Okay. All right. So I would rather have that individual. Fair enough. Yeah. Fascinating. I, I, that's, what, that's become one of my favorite questions because yeah. people always hit me with something I didn't expect and I did not expect that. Yeah. Uh, Second question, favorite Jordan sneaker of all time? Uh, last shot, 14s. Okay. Last shot, man, I loved it. I had every, I got, well, I got every color of the 14s. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big Jordan guy. 
because I don't have all the shoes like my boy uh, Jamal Lucas. Shout out, but uh, and yourself, but um, now Jamo has a yeah, lot of yeah, 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 yeah. He should <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> working yeah. for Jordan. Yeah, but uh, the fourteens, yeah, yeah black That's and red fourteens, cl- yeah, classics. Do you have a hidden talent no one knows about? Bearcat fans. Oh man, nah, I don't. I oh, don't. Come on, man. I you gotta have, give me something. I don't have a hidden talent, man. So. Um, I asked this question to Herb Jones, who uh-huh. passed away. R.I.P. Herb, one of our greats, our legend. Definitely. Um, I asked him that question, and um, some Bearcat fans know this, but he was a, like, pro-level fisher. Like, Oh, wow. No, was, no, I remember you used to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get on, like, the, the pro circuit for, for fishing. Like, I was like, Herb, like, the, when you turn on ESPN – and like nobody watches the show where people fishing, you want to be on that? He goes, yeah, that's my goal. He's like, I'm a good fisher. I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, you don't have, I mean, sing, play an instrument, can cook. Nope. I mean, I was expecting <laughs> something. For, I, was, I was expecting you to hit me with something like you could build a computer or like. Nah, man. I don't think I, had, I don't have no hidden talent because if I did, I'd probably be trying to. <laughs> get paid off of it man you know what i'm saying it wouldn't be yeah, hidden i'd right, be using it right, you know using it gotcha all right my uh fourth and final question is during your time in your four years playing with the bearcats if you could pick one teammate that you played with mm-hmm. and you would take that teammate and you had to go to battle okay it could be any battle it could be basketball it could be ping pong doesn't matter what it is, you know going into that battle, you guys are going to win. What teammate do you take? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, you can only pick one. Man. I know we're going to win. Oh, man. Probably Max Hill. Max. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, probably Max Hill because he just he, – he, he played hard all the time, so yeah. I know he's gonna at least play hard. Yeah, yeah. He might not be good at ping pong, but he's gonna, <laughs> he gonna play hard. I, I, with those long arms, you too. Yeah. That's gonna be a tough. Yeah, good old Max. Um, let's talk about this current Bearcat basketball team. Now, you came back for homecoming this year for football, yeah. and you stopped in to practice. Yeah, um, you've had a chance to talk to Wes Miller, obviously yeah. on several occasions. Dinner. What are your thoughts on Wes Miller and what he's doing? I liked it, man. When I was at practice, um, I thought he was engaged with the players. I thought he had a good rapport with the guys. Uh, I liked the way that, you know, he, he set up practice and the flow of it. Um, I got to see the game versus uh, SMU the other night uh, last week before the tournament, the last uh, conference game, and the team played really well. Unfortunately, they ended up losing at the end, couldn't make yeah. enough plays. But um, I think, you know, He's doing a great job. I think, uh, honestly, you know, we got to get a different um, caliber personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I was talking about my freshman year, yeah. we didn't have the personnel. And there's so only so much. I don't care if, you know, Phil Jackson was coaching the team. Right. You know, it wouldn't make a difference if you don't have guys that are at a higher level um, if you're trying to compete at that high level. So mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, if he gets on the horn and, and starts, you know, you know, hitting the ground and getting some of these uh, top recruits in, I think with his coaching ability and him having players, then UC is going to be back successful soon. 
But, uh, you know, you can't just do it just being a good coach. Yeah. You got to have players. So if he could get the personnel, you know, I could see UC just turning this thing around and, and being like the football team. Yeah. And I think, too, if you look at, like you said, the football team, so let's look at their formula for success. I think Luke Fickle, one of the great things that he's done, and I think Hugs in many ways did this, is you find players that fit your culture and what you're trying to build. Yeah. You don't, you know, I, I'm looking at Twitter, and a lot of folks, uh, Bearcat fans, were talking about, you know, Wes getting in four-star, five-stars, and that's great. That's all fine and dandy, but you've got to have the right fit. Because if you go back, you look at it, look at a Steve Logan, look at a Kenyon Martin, mm -hmm. look at a Gary Clark. They weren't four and five stars. Yeah. But they fit yeah. exactly what Hugs was looking for in Mick Cronin. And Kenyon's jersey's in the rafter. Yeah. Steve Logan, All-American. Gary yeah. Clark, one of the greats to wear to, you know, so it's, it's finding that fit. You know, yeah. for your culture. And then once you get that talent, case in point, Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin didn't come in a star. Yeah. He developed. Yeah. You've got to be able to develop that talent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he will. You know, I, I like him. You know, he seems like too. a good coach. Um, I think he's uh, he's, he's going to be good for UC. He seems like he has a, a rapport with the players. Like I said, I'm not around that much. You no, know, you're, so you're I, spot on. Yeah. Your so, spotter senses are right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know uh, – I'm happy for the program. I think, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do good things. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you on that. Um, we got to get you back next season for a game. I know you were trying to make a game this season, but yeah. it just didn't, uh, didn't pan out. But love to get you back. Love to get you at Mio's yeah. so you can kind of engage with some Bearcat fans as well. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. I'll schedule it. Um, like I said, I'm up here for my son all the time. So I'll schedule it um, one game, and then, you know, I'll take him to the game, and we'll sit down and do that. Yeah. Now, are you going to come with the fro or are you going to come with the braids? Is that game time decision? It's probably game time decision. Okay. Yeah. We'll just see how that it goes, man. That fro's tough, though, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I got to – well, I'm bald, right? <laughs> so, the fro – when I first saw you, what I was like – because when I saw you homecoming, I've seen the Instagram pictures. And that was, that was, that was like half the fro. So, it's, it's even better now. That was, was two or three months ago. It was tough, though. Cause yeah. Because we, we met up um, that – homecoming weekend yeah at we the, went out to that little, right that yeah, bar yeah mm -hmm. and i went down to that there was that that lower level where there was a dj and i saw you down and the fro was like glowing in the 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 the, 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 in the, the lights light. <laughs> <laughs> like club lights were yeah. i was like i like the fro so you, yeah. you got i think the fans uh because there's like a i don't mean to keep talking about your fro but there's like an attachment with fro and hoop yeah because like you think about like the Dr. J's. Dr. Dr. J's. Dr. J's of the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's just like this. So you look at the Bearcats just wore the throwback jersey. Okay. The Cats. Did you see those? I didn't. So they wore, and I'll show you pictures of it from. Um, I need one of those shirts, by the way. Now I'm glad you said that. One of the Cincy shirts you made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like those. I got you. What yeah. size you wear? Large, tall. Large, tall. <laughs> so you got to get large, tall. Tell, right. tell your guy to send you Bet. large, tall and print it on that so it fits me right. Bet. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you taken care of for sure. Cool, cool. But you think about the time, like, when um, the old Bearcats wore the Cats jersey. If you look at, like, the team photos, everybody had the fro, man. Yeah. There used to be this guy named Lloyd Batts that played for the Bearcats. I don't know if you ever heard of him. No. Man, he had – his fro was tough. It, it had – like, your fro, like, you had it, like, trimmed, and it's got, like, you know – it's got some structure to it. That's the funny thing. It's funny you say that. Go ahead, finish, and I'll, I'll. 
his had like his was just doing whatever it wanted to do yeah no and i say it's funny you say that because everybody that i meet when i have the fro they're like man your fro is perfect like who cuts your fro and i'm like i literally haven't cut it since april really like i had a fade in april it's been growing since april i just pick it out and it's just shaped like that you know what i'm saying but everybody thinks like I'm getting it cut. And it looks like you had it. Yeah, it looked. I don't. It's wow. just grow. Just grow like that. Wow. You know, and everybody says the same thing. You say like, "Who's cutting your hair? It's yeah, perfectly yeah. round or whatever." I'm like, I thought you had a stylist. Yeah, nah. It's just I'm just picking it out. <laughs> I haven't I haven't touched it. I have to show you this picture of Lloyd Batts and he played back in the day with his. He he had he had a top top, top tier fro. fro. Oh All yeah, right. for sure. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming, man. This was uh. This was really good. Yeah, it was good to be here, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to uh, interview you. And it just, there's, there's just so many former players. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a matter of the timing. And I try to, you know, look at the timing of different different things to, to interview folks. Like, I'm getting yeah. ready to interview Kenyon um, here soon. Cool. And um, we were, Kenyon and I were scheduled. We were going to do one. And then the football team, like, Took was, off. Took off, and yeah. I'm like, Ken, man, they got, they got all the steam right now. Let's let's actually wait to the off season when yeah. people are kind of chill because you know a lot of people are gonna want to hear his story. And, yeah. Um, I think this the timing was right when you hit me like, hey, I'm coming to town. I'm like, yeah. man, the season's over, so we we gotta we gotta definitely do it. So cool, yeah, we will. And pe- and people love, you know, people love that generation of players. Yeah. You know, from from when you played, just yeah. absolutely fascinated with that group. Just because, you know, you look at the Reds and the Bengals were down, not not great. Yeah, you know, I know you, the Carson Palmer and Ocho, they they were decent, but mm-hmm. and people look to Cincinnati basketball for their enjoyment and their entertainment. Definitely, we were like the NBA team of the city back no, then. No, yeah. quite. I've never heard it said like that, but definitely, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, appreciate you coming in, my brother. Definitely appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Really good, man. Definitely, definitely. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And um, shout out to our sponsor, Healthcare Management Group, the College of Arts and Sciences. And I appreciate everyone listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!